Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Once again, on this Wednesday, we get to enjoy and laugh along with the Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 479, which originally aired on January 23rd, 1951. Here now is Bob Hope from Fort Ord with his special guests, Bing Crosby and Jimmy Demerit. Hope Show, transcribed direct from Fort Ord, California, with Les Brown and his band of renown, yours truly, High Everback, lovely Connie Moore, Jack Kirkwood, and our special guests, Jimmy DeMerritt and Bing Crosby. And here he is, AWOL from Hollywood again, Bob Hope! How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? Well, here we are at Fort Ord, right near Monterey, California. Monterey is where they have a lot of fishing and canning. You don't exactly smell the odor. It steps up and shakes hands with you. (laughs) I may be stationed at Fort Ord any day now myself. I just got a new draft classification, 4W. That means physically fit, recommended for wax. in Bing's Golf Tournament up here at Pebble Beach. I expect to be way out in front waiting for the winners to come in. It's a nice golf course. Army engineers helped lay out the Pebble Beach Golf Course. The other day, a guy swung and hit a landmine. He beat the ball into the hole by 10 seconds. I can really move when I have to, you know. But I play a lot of golf. Golf, that's a sports term, meaning why work for a living when Crosby's willing to bet. practice round today, and a lot of people followed me around. It seems for years they wanted to see me swing. Boy, was I... <laughs> Jane Russell offered to be my caddy, but whenever she yelled four, eight would show up. <laughs> and it was really windy out there today. I don't know if it was blowing hard or not, but I had the only caddy in the course with two Adam's apples. <laughs> See, it was blowing hard. (laughs) But I got a par in the last hole. I was so excited, I walked up to an old lady in the crowd and said, I went around the 80s. She said, I know it. I'm the girl you went with. Well, sir, all I can say is if I were a bell, I'd be 
kiss tonight That's the way I've just gotta behave Boy, if I were a lad, I'd mind Or if I were a banner, I'd wave Ask me, how do I feel? Little me with my quiet upbringing Well, sir, all I can say Is if I were a gate, I'd be If I were a watch, I'd start popping my spray. Or if I were a bell, I'd go ding dong, ding dong, ding. Ask me how do I feel? Ask me now that we're fondly caressing. Well, if I were a salad, I know I'd be splashing my. If I were a season, I'd surely be spraying. Or if I were a bell, if I were a bell, if I were a bell, I'd go ding, dong, ding, dong. the special service officer of Ford Ord. Say, that's pretty. What can I do for you? I came over here to ask a favor of you, Bob. Well, what's that? Well, I've heard some of your programs from other camps, and I've noticed that you always have an enlisted man come up and take part in your show. Well, I did, but I've discontinued that for personal reasons. You see, when we got on the air where I couldn't control them, some of the boys forgot I was the star and tried to hog all the laughs. I wonder if you'd make an exception tonight and use a very talented boy we have here at Fort Ord. Well, uh, is, is he an actor? Oh, no. You've nothing to worry about. He's too shy to be an actor. Well, I'd like to use him, Colonel, but I've been fooled so often. Oh, go on, Bob. Give the boy a chance. Sure. Come on in, Sergeant Timoney. Bob, this is Sergeant Timoney of the 6th Infantry Division, Fort Ord. Hiya, Bob. How are you, Sergeant? You sure you're not an actor? No, I'm not an actor. Before I came in the Army, I uh, was a plumber. A plumber? <laughs> well, that's different. Welcome to the show. This is Miss Connie Moore. How do you do, Sergeant? Gee, uh, I wanted to meet you from the very first moment I saw you, Miss Moore. Your beauty has a, a gossamer quality. Why, you look like a dream floating through the obstacle dawn, parting the mist and seeking an enchanted garden. Some plumber. I feel like I've just had a dose of Drano. I'm, I'm beginning to get a little suspicious. I begin to get a little suspicious about you. You sure you weren't an actor before you got in the Army? No, of course not. But I, I do have ambitions to be a writer. That's why I wanted to be on your show tonight, Bob. I've written a script for you. Oh, comedy? No, uh, although I think you're probably the greatest comedian of our generation. <gasps> I've written something more serious, uh, seriously because I, I realize that you have great potentialities as a fine, dramatic actor. 
Given the right vehicle, no performer in the theater today can excel you. Gee, what a compliment. And now what can I do for you? Shine your mess kit? <laughs> Fluff up your stripes? Throw a sand flea on a second lieutenant? Now, Bob, all I really want you to do is read the script I wrote. The script you wrote? Well, I'd be delighted. Is this it? Yes. Uh, the scene is a very dramatic incident in the history of Scotland. Miss Moore plays the part of Mary, Queen of Scots. Her right-hand man is Jock McTaggart, brave warrior and leader of Scots Highlanders. I'm ready. Hootsman. <laughs> Please. Well, I'll try it, but I don't look very good in kilts on account of my legs. I shaved in a hurry this morning, and from the knees down, I have five o'clock shadow. But McTaggart is a very brave man. When the enemy attacks, he stands off a hundred men single-handed. I'm ready. Bring him on. Hootman. Hoot, 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 hoot. You don't play that part. I'll mow him down. I, I don't. Who plays the part? I do. You, you're not an actor. You told me you were a plumber. I am. Well, how are you going to fight the enemy? Squish him to death with your plunger? Oh, Bob, don't be so jealous. I'm sure the sergeant has a starring role for you. Oh, that's better. Well, let's get at it. It is Scotland's darkest hour. In the royal chambers of a castle, Mary, Queen of Scots, receives the report from the battlefield. She speaks. Out with it, Mom. What news do you bring? I hesitate, Your Majesty, to reveal to you the tragic turn of the battle. The enemy has pressed us back. Aye? Aye, this very castle is in danger. My castle? Oh, come on. Tis true, Your Majesty. The enemy is preparing to assault the other walls. They attack at the hour of one o'clock. Then we are lost. Ah, how tragic that I, Mary, Queen of Scots, should live to see that great clock there in the tower strike my doom. Ah, Your Majesty, even now the hands point to the hour of one, and the great tower clock is about to strike. Bong. That's it, huh? That's the part I play? <laughs> yes, that's it, Bob. And that's the end of the skit. <laughs> oh, that's swell. See, I was just getting into the spirit of the thing. What'll I do now? I'm all wound up with no place to bong. <laughs> Gee, you've left me all... I heard the whole sketch, Sergeant Timoney, and I thought it was great. Thanks a lot, Colonel. Ford Ord is proud of you, Sergeant Timoney. And grateful to you, Miss Moore, for playing your part so well. Oh, you're more than welcome, Colonel. <laughs> I want to thank you especially, Bob, for putting on our sketch. In appreciation, I'd like to invite you to the officers' club when the broadcast is over to spend the evening. Oh, thank you, Colonel, but after playing your clock, there's only one place I can go. Where's that? To Mortimer's Bar. I want to oil my mainspring. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the players have had a lot of fun hopping around from one service camp to another. And we've had a number of letters asking how we select these camps we play. Well, it's all done by a talent agency in Hollywood. Let's go back to the middle of last week when Bob went over to check in for his booking. Well, this is where the talent office is located. Gee, it's such a nice tall building. I'd like to own a tall building like this. 
be so much fun to go up on top of it and spit down. But then it would take a lot of money, and besides, how often would Crosby be passing by? Here's the talent office. The sign says, ring bell, count three, then walk in. One, two, three. Come right in, boy. Oh, thank you. What's that sign out there? Why did I have to count three before I came in? To give my secretary time to get off my lap, boy. I wear tweed suits and the fuzz slows her up. Boy. Look, <laughs> I dropped in because I'd like to take a troop of entertainers to an army oh, camp. Excuse me, boy. I, I'm awful busy. We book entertainers here in the order of their importance. Uh, there's an act ahead of you. Now, wait a minute. I'm Bob Hope. What act is ahead of me? I'll whistle for them as soon as they finish their strong heart. <laughs> Quit stalling and get on that phone. Get me a booking. All right, boy. All right. I'm dialing right now. I know a camp where I can place you. Hello. Fort Ord? General Frederick? Uh, this is Kirkwood at the booking office. Uh, remember, General, you asked for Jane Russell, Jean Turney, Lana Turner, and Ava Gardner? Well, I'm going to get all of them for you later on. But right now, I'd like to send you somebody else. Who is it? <clears throat> well... Uh, let's put it this way, General. <laughs> In every barrel of apples, there's one that's rotten. Listen, Kirk, would just tell him you're sending Bob Hope. Yeah. Why not? What can he do to me? <laughs> I'm too old to be drafted. General, I'm setting up Bob Hope. What's that? Oh, you will? Well, that's fine. Goodbye, General. He'll be delighted to have you, Hope. Now, if you're going up to Fort Ord, you'll need some entertainers. Well, who have you got? Sit down here in the audition room, and I'll send some of our talent in. See you later, boy. Hmm. wonder what kind of guy that Kirkwood is. While I'm waiting, I'll snoop around in his desk and see. Hmm. Paradise, a blackjack, a set of brass knuckles... I knew he was a man of good taste. Hi, Bob. Oh, hi, Everbeck. What do you want, hi? Well, I heard you were auditioning talent for Ford Ord, so I rushed right over. I worked up especially, and I want you to hear it. Now, listen to this. A poem about a cowboy to his dying horse. Oh, Paige, oh, Paige, you're a-going fast. And I loved you like a bride. I'd have told you before, old critter, but it's the first time you has died. <laughs> the horse is dying. What's that? I say the horse is dying. He's not alone. Beat it, will you? Drag that horse out, will you? What a guy, afraid of real talent. Gee, acts can't be this hard to get. Say, Kirkwood. I'm right on the job, boy. Here's another fellow for you to audition, a fine singer. Well, a singer? This is the famous golfer, Jimmy Demerit. Well, what's Kirkwood sending you in here for, Jimmy? You're a golfer. I haven't seen you since we both played in Crosby's Invitational Golf Tournament at Pebble Beach. That's right, Bob. And the way your games improve, it's uh, kind of surprised me. Let me shake the hand of a guy who came in 112th in the tournament. Now, wait a minute, Jimmy. There were only 108 entrants. You're forgetting the four caddies. 
Yeah, how about that, Crosby? How cheap can a guy get? He had his kids carrying clubs for a dollar a bag. <laughs> I know, they really cut into your take, didn't they? I charge a little more, but I'm worth it. <clears throat> what other caddy goes over to your opponent when he's putting and blows smoke in his eyes? Not only that, who else can stick their nose into your golf bag, inhale once, and vacuum up all the loose tea? Yeah, I gotta stop that. I thought I had sinus trouble, and it turned out to be Sam Sneed's putter. <laughs> Let's get out of the locker room, Jimmy. If you want to be on my four-door show, what are you gonna do? I've got a great little number of do-it parties. It's awfully popular. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> old paint, you're leaving me, old paint Old paint, old paint, old paint They're off and running at Pismo Beach <laughs> Okay, Jimmy, I'll take you along to Fort Orr with me But I still need some more talent for my show Hello there This must be that live ammunition they're talking about <laughs> Are you looking for talent for your show at Fort Ord? Hmm. Bong! <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm looking for talent. What do you do? Does it matter? <laughs> well, it would be nice if, uh... What I mean is... Uh, uh, he means, are you in show business? That's it. Are you... You're hired. <laughs> now, about transportation, it's 300 miles to Fort Ord, and... Uh, uh, don't worry about it, honey. I'll drive you up in my car. How about it? Down, down. <laughs> you want to have a real cozy trip up north, honey, go with me. I'll see you at Burbank in the morning. The plane will be warming up in the field, and I'll be warming up in the airport. Well, I appreciate your offers, fellas, but I'm going with someone else. Someone I can depend on to get me there. Someone you can depend on? Who? Me, Clyde. Just call me Old Pink. Huh? here, Perry Como's father. <laughs> All right, move over, fellas. Who's got the dice and what's his point? <laughs> Hiya, Bing. I didn't know you were here. Well, I was passing by, Jim. Thought I'd drop in on old platoon hips. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute, Lard. How did you know I... <laughs> How did you know I was here? Why, it's easy. The fish canneries were flying the white flag. Fish... <laughs> Glad you went by the fish canneries. It's the closest you've ever been to a scale. Say, yeah. <laughs> bazooka snoot. <laughs> Don't you go too near them. They're paying a big premium on swordfish this year. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, it was nice of you to toddle by on your little fat legs, Bing. <laughs> All right, Gwendolyn, get back in the quadrille, will you? <laughs> Now, listen, you can blast my Pebble Beach golf go-round if you want, but I bitterly resent that crack you made about my being cheap. You who wrapped bubblegum around the pedals and tried to sell them for golf ball. 
Don't get sore just because I play better than you do. What? You're getting too old for golf. In fact, you have to have a rub down with Lydia Pinkham's to get you through a game of beanbags. <laughs> Fat. I just want to remind you of one thing. You came up a little empty yourself at the golf tournament, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> Fellas, quit beefing. If you try to improve your game instead of arguing so much, you could enjoy golf. I don't know, Jimmy. I'm rather happy with my game. Caddies at the club fight to get my sack. I'm considered very easy to caddy for. You are. When you're not looking, they can sneak rides in the back of your wheelchair. <laughs> better get with it or you'll be catting yourself. Oh. Say, Jimmy, I just thought of a proposition that might interest you. What's that, Bob? Well, you want to get into show business, Bing and I are old hands at it. If we teach our racket, would you teach us your beautiful golf swing? Say, that's not a bad deal. You mean that in return for a little coaching, you guys will teach me to be a performer? Yeah, just like this. Listen to this. Charlie, my boy, oh, Charlie, my boy, you thrill me, you fill me with oceans of joy. Hey, Peanut, mm-hmm. I'm talking to you, Peanut. Yeah, what do you want, Brittle? What's your brother doing now? Huh? What's your brother doing oh, now? Oh, he's an electrician. He makes light switches. Light switches? Does he work at it all the time? No, just on and off. <laughs> hey, how'd you like it? How'd you like it, Jim? What do you say, Jim? Uh, meet me on the first tee tomorrow morning. To learn your golf swing? No, to carry my club. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Just ignore this crass interloper, Les. Just play. Wait a minute. What what goes on? Wait a minute. Why, my... What are you doing? What am I doing? Yes. I was about to to raise the entertainment level of your little flea-bitten peep show here by... (laughs) I don't see that there. Where is that? I was about to cattle something. Now, look, I don't mind your coming in here and slowing up our show, but you, uh, uh, play Les. To follow your dreams till they all come true. Can't get over this guy just sneaking in like this. <laughs> Look around when they do, and you'll be home. I wish he'd go there. He sounds like a slow leak that needs tuning. <laughs> you have to follow your heart, and it may be far. Just ask where you are, and you'll be home. Say, tone deaf. Yeah? Bucket ears, listen to me. Bucket (laughs) What is it, bucket seat? (laughs) (laughs) Leave my form of travel out of this, will you please? (laughs) Who told you how we got up here? a question. Well, I'm sure it must be very important. It is, it is. Have you ever thought of having your voice quick frozen and selling it as nothing? (laughs) There'll always be meadows yonder with greener clover. Clover in your meadow's getting a little thin on top. (laughs) And those you'll wander right over that shining cat
Hope Show is brought to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. James Newton Demaret was born in 1910. In 1927, he became a professional golfer, but was also a nightclub singer at the same time. It wasn't until 1938 that Demaret began playing on the PGA Tour full-time. He won 31 PGA Tour events between 1935 and 1957, and was the first one to ever win the Masters three times. He won in 1940, 1947, and 1950. WorldGolfHallOfFame.org says this about Jimmy Demerit. Jimmy Demerit was golf's first showbiz star. He was the reason some said that Bing Crosby invented the Pro-Am. He could sing, could tell jokes, and for a while, it wasn't a party or a golf tournament unless Demerit was on the premises. He could outdress, outquip, and outplay just about everybody in an era that included Ben Hogan, Sam Sneed, and Byron Nelson. Jimmy Demerit died in 1983 of a heart attack as he was getting ready for a round of golf. He was 73. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Ralph Waldo Emerson, Let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that I am persecuted whenever I am contradicted.